the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Portions of the following program may be pre-recorded. The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Come and draw from the well of salvation.
Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. My name is Pastor Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel. I have been fighting all of my life just to try to understand what was happening around me and in me and to me. I was raised in a very conservative Christian family. My dad was a very straight shooter. He spoke gently. He was a gentle giant. But what he had to say was truth. And it would not stretch it to say, I have literally spent my life searching for truth at the cost of my family, at the cost of friendships. I've never been able to settle down and say, okay, this is the truth. I'll go with it. No, because I kept uncovering lies. My dad taught, Raymond, if you're going to go to heaven, you have to leave all of your sin behind. If you're going to go to heaven, you've got to be changed. You've got to be born again from above. You will have to resist and say no to the powers of darkness. My mother, on the other hand, was a wonderful Christian woman as well. But she loved her novels. She loved participating in things that were of darkness. So I was raised in a double-minded family. Then they sent me off to a a Christian boarding school. And there, the transition that had been made from my father's position to the more current position of love, forgive, and accept. Those were the rules of my high school. Everything began to shift under my feet. And then college went on to seminary, and seminary was very clear. It was relational. What really matters is how you feel, not what you believe, and not how you live. What really matters is the way you treat people. What matters is is relative. Wait a minute. Is there such a thing as truth? I wandered off the track and soon became involved in New Age theology, relational theology for the church. There were some very influential men in my life. One later to become the chaplain of the United States Senate. He was a Presbyterian. Keith Miller, also a Presbyterian, and I could name others. And in all of that, I became totally entangled in Dr. Jan Jampolsky, The Course of Miracles in Miracles, written by a Jewish woman. It was dictated to her by a spirit 
I went with the whole corporate model of, of New Age. It was comfortable. I was good at it. I'm very intuitive. I wanted to be loved and accepted and successful. What man does not want to be loved, accepted, and successful? And I did that in the model of the church and was very successful. But the Lord was not pleased. And there was one absolute decision in my heart as a as a four, five, six, seven, eight year old child, and that was I belong to Jesus. My life has been so surrounded by lies that I have had a very difficult time differentiating between the truth and the lies. That only became more and more difficult as I was more successful in the church as a pastor. I didn't know how to break through this. Finally, God took me through some experiences that caused me to see even more clearly the lies that I was teaching and called me back to the scriptures and away from the Tony Robbins and all the others out there who were a part of the New Age movement. They're liars. They're representatives of the devil. Now, part of what happened to me in this process was that I really wanted the truth. I wanted the truth. So I read a book by Reese Howells and some others, and I enrolled in the school of the Holy Spirit. And I asked him to do with me whatever he needed to do to unveil my eyes and let me see Jesus. It was not easy to see Jesus. It's very difficult today in the church to see Jesus because we've bought, as an apostate American church, we bought into a false Jesus, not the Jesus of Scripture. And so one of the things the Lord had me do was begin to just read the scriptures. Read it from Genesis to Revelation. Genesis to Revelation. At least one time a year and many times more than one time a year. Three or four times a year. And I began to have my eyes unveiled and I am still having my eyes unveiled I'm telling you right up front the most difficult task of your life will be to cut through the lies and find the truth Jesus said I am the way the truth and the life 
I've had a real hard time finding Jesus. Oh, I know. I've read the devotional books. I've read the old Puritans. I've read John Wesley. I am still having a very difficult time separating the truth of Jesus from the lies of our church and our culture. Well, let me, with that background, let me take you into the scriptures. Peter and John have gone up to the temple. They have healed a man in the name and by faith in Jesus Christ. They have healed him. He was a cripple from birth, 40 years old. He's now dancing and jumping and shouting and everybody's excited and everybody wants to know how did this happen? Well, it was the name of Jesus. Does that sound familiar? Do you hear that ever anywhere? I don't. So, people gather. Peter begins to preach. Verse 19 of chapter 3, Acts three nineteen. You must repent and turn around for your sins to be wiped away so that your times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Times of refreshing for what? Times of refreshing for the outpoured Holy Spirit and power to heal a man. Well, in today's church, we've totally run out of the refreshing from the Lord. We're dry bones, and we found other ways to bring forth the gospel. We found the television and the radio. And and I know I've been preaching in Washington, D.C. for more than 40 years on the radio. Unfortunately, what I've been preaching has been in opposition to the lies of the modern church. And they've not reacted well. They have so far been very successful in totally ignoring those 40 years of preaching. Okay, I got it. There are other vested interests involved here. Then when we come over here to the last part of chapter 3. And it will be that every soul who may hear that prophet, that is Jesus, will be utterly destroyed from among the people. That's not love, accept, and, and forgive, is it? The very last words of this chapter 3 of Acts To you first, God, having raised up his servant Jesus, sent him as a blessing to you by turning each away from your sinfulness. So the purpose of Jesus 
the purpose of the gospel is not first and foremost to build some organization. It is to turn people away from their sinfulness. And then that organization is to be composed of people who have turned away from their sinfulness. Now let's look at chapter 4. Now while they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captains of the temple and the Sadducees approached them, being greatly disturbed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming the resurrection from the dead by Jesus. And they laid their hands on them and put them in prison. So there's a very clean divide between, and I'll share this in just a moment, but it's a clearly divine divide between self-interest and the interest of Jesus. In your church, you need to make certain that there is a very clearly understood line between the self-interest of the pastor and the people and the interests of Jesus Christ. This is a searing divide. And if you begin to talk about it, you begin to act on what you believe about it, you'll see fireworks. It wasn't just back here in chapter 4, Fireworks come when the division between Jesus Christ and the world is finally clearly unveiled. Came to pass on the next day, chapter 4, verse 5, their rulers, elders, scribes were gathered together in Jerusalem. Even Annas the high priest was there and Caiaphas, and John, and Alexander, and as many as were from among the high priest's descent. And having set them in the middle, they were inquiring by what power or what name did you do this, that is, this miracle. Well, let's take a minute and just talk about who is this high priest? It's the high priest and his family that have gathered together. Oh, and earlier, it tells us that the Sadducees were upset with this preaching by John and by Peter. Why? Well, because Sadducees don't believe in a resurrection, and Sadducees were the money people. So it was theology and money. But now it's, it's much cleaner. Ananias, Annas rather, Caiaphas, John, Alexandra, and as many were from among the high priest's descendants. Well, why is this of such intense interest? And to understand that, to give us a clue, um, let's go back. 
if I could find it quickly for you. Um, here it is. Before Jesus died, in the book of John, the 11th chapter, I'll begin reading for you in verse 48. If we may leave him in this manner, that is, if we're going to leave Jesus alone and just let him do his thing out there, let him heal people, let him preach righteousness to people, let him do whatever he wants to do, just leave him alone. And they're saying, if we may leave him in this manner, all men will believe in him. And the Romans will come and will take both our place and our nation. They're saying we can't just leave Jesus alone because Rome will come and destroy us. He'll take our money. But a certain one from among them, Caiaphas, the high priest that year, said to them, You know nothing. Neither do you read neither do you reason that it is better for us that one man may die in behalf of this people and not the whole nation may perish. What he's saying is, look, our self-interest is not in Jesus. No, they saw the miracles. They knew he was the mighty power of God. Who else could raise Lazarus from the dead? Nobody. Do you hear of people being raised from the dead? No, I don't. This was a man of immense holy power from the Lord God of heaven. And they're saying, look, let's get rid of this man. Let's murder him. Let's kill him. If we can get rid of him, we can keep our place. We can keep our money. We can keep our lifestyle. In other words, Jesus is a very serious threat to what they love most. Money, power, prestige, their culture. Saying, no, no, no. We are not going to trust this Jesus and allow him to destroy our nation. We're going to play footsies. Now, in that day, how was a high priest appointed? It was a position that was purchased with money from Rome. It was a family franchise. And they didn't want to lose that franchise. Now, Jesus had not spoken of insurrection. He was not a terrorist. He was speaking of holiness, of being righteous before God. But that cut across their lifestyle. They were lecherous. They would sacrifice anything for the almighty piece of silver or gold. They loved their on-the-side sex. 
They were wicked people. They would do anything for a, for a piece of gold. They did not want to lose their franchise. It was strictly a business deal. They loved what Jesus was doing, but they couldn't afford to allow it to continue because it would turn people and expose the lies of the Jewish people at that time in Jerusalem. Now, not all Jews. The Essenes saw things very differently. The Essenes, they called these people Caiaphas and Annas and their ilk. He called them serpents, snakes in the grass. They wouldn't even live in Jerusalem. They were so disturbed, angered by the lifestyle of Caiaphas and the others that they totally moved out of Jerusalem and into the desert, established their own commune, established their own pure way of life. The Essenes, when Jesus came, recognized that he was the Messiah. And the Essenes basically disappear after Jesus. Why? Because they all became Christians. They were the earliest Christians. They didn't care anything about preserving a wicked franchise between the priest and Rome. Now when you come a little further in chapter 4. They begin to speak very boldly to these wicked Jewish leaders. They say, It must be known to you and to all the people of Israel that in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from among the dead by means of him, this man has stood before you whole. Verse 11, chapter 4, verse 11. This is the stone. Jesus is the rock. He is the stone upon which righteousness shall be built. He's the stone upon which the church shall be built. Is the church built today on Jesus? No, it's a false Jesus. It's a feel-good Jesus. It's a cotton candy Jesus. Love everybody, accept everybody, forgive everybody. There are no standards of righteousness left in the church today except some legalistic ones. This is the stone having been rejected with contempt by you, the ones, the ones building. Jesus is the one. He's the headstone. He's the cornerstone. You've rejected him. And then they make this incredibly bold statement. And I hope if any of you are listening today 
who do not believe that Jesus is the preexistent Christ, the eternal one, the, the originator of life, as I read yesterday out of the third chapter of Acts. And listen carefully. There is no salvation by any other because there is no other name of a different kind. Jesus is not an example. Jesus is not a prophet. Jesus is not He's not an example for how you should live. He is the Christ. It says, There is no other name having been given among men by which we must be saved. Now, most of you are going to agree with most of what I've said to this point. Because you can continue your lifestyle. You don't have to do anything bold. You can agree and go along. The problem is this whole Christ deal is surrounded with such lies that it's almost impossible to determine how you should behave in this world. It's not until you begin to crash through your personal lust. Then it gets interesting. When you turn off the lies of the social media, when you turn off the cold-heartedness, the casualness, the lukewarmness, and you begin to earnestly search after Jesus, then everything shifts. We've not We've not dealt honestly with Jesus. And if you can't accept that, you're in trouble. I recognize I only have about 10 minutes left. I may have to go into this now. Okay, here we go. We won't finish today. We'll finish tomorrow. The dynamite will be tomorrow. I'm sorry. I wanted to get through it all, but there's just too much and I can't burn it. Verse five. And it came to pass on the next day, the elders, the rulers, I shared that with you. They called them in. They began to examine them. And Peter having been filled by the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if today we are being questioned for a good deed with reference to
to a disabled man. By what means he's been healed. It must be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from among the dead, by means of him this man has stood before you whole. This is the stone, having been rejected. The head cornerstone. Verse 12. There's no salvation by any other because there is no other name of a different kind having been given among men by which we must be saved. Now, observing the boldness of Peter and John, having perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they were marveling and they were fully recognizing them that they had been with Jesus. And seeing the men having been healed, seeing the man having been healed and still standing with them, they were having nothing to say against them. What is it that shut their mouths? The healing of this man in the name of Jesus. But having commanded them to go aside out of the council, they were conferring with one another, saying, What shall we do with these men? Now that a notable miracle has been done through them, it's plain to be seen by all the ones dwelling in Jerusalem, and we are not able to deny it. Okay, here you are, you're facing the truth. you can decide to deny the truth. I believed lies for many years. And then I began to read the scriptures daily. I began to devour them hour after hour after hour. And my eyes began to be opened. I couldn't believe what I'd been taught. The church of my birth was filled with wicked lies. It didn't teach the Bible. It didn't teach the truth. Now, if you've been taught that Jesus Christ is not God, if you've been taught that Jesus Christ was not preexistent, you can get as mad as you want about that, but it won't change the facts. Do you want truth or do you want your little petty beliefs? Well, if you don't want to believe the truth, why? Because the truth will disrupt your money, your influence, your position, your power. What man wants to believe something that will cause him to lose his authority. We don't want to lose our authority. We want to be respected. Don't show me the truth. Now, 
This broadcast is very unpopular in the Washington metro area. Why? Because I'm teaching things from the scripture that the church has been able to ignore. The church of today has been able to avoid and teach a social, cultural, pleasing message that entertains you. You don't want to believe that the church is apostate. Come on, pastor. Don't tell me my church is an apostate church. I've been in that church for 50 years. No, don't don't tell me my church is lies. And don't show me the evidence from scripture. I want to believe what I want to believe. Leave me alone. My pastor teaches me wonderful, inspiring stories. He makes me laugh. He entertains me. He makes me cry. I like it. Don't, don't bother me with the truth. Well, it's not raised truth. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Jesus is the stumbling stone. If you get angry when I say to you, Jesus is God. I understand. As a child, I was taught that Jesus was not preexistent. I was taught a lot of things about Jesus. But when I began to read the scriptures, I discovered that they were lying. Whoever taught me was lying. Don't believe what people teach. Don't even believe what I teach. Go to the scriptures. Find out if it's Jesus. I'm still working with all of my heart. Even though this search has cost me position, power, family, this unbending search for truth that my father installed in my heart when I was a child when I was taught by my father that you have to leave your sin to go to heaven. And then he showed me the scriptures. And then I went to high school, boarding school, Christian, college, Christian seminary. They taught me something very different. Because I wanted to be accepted, I bought it, hook, line, and sinker. And then I bought the whole New Age movement because I wanted to be liked, accepted. But that burning desire in my heart for the truth, something I could stand on, something that was not relative, oh, it has cost me dearly and is still costing me dearly. How can I turn aside from Jesus? I can't. And I'm still discovering the lies. Tomorrow I'm going to share with you one of the biggest lies I've discovered yet. 
that lie will change your life if you'll reject it and learn the truth from God's scripture. Peter and John, having replied to them, if it is right before God to hear you rather than God, you must judge. For we are not able to stop speaking what we saw and heard. I'm not able to stop teaching what I found in the scriptures, even though it goes counter to almost everything in the Christian church today in America. How can I stop? I've seen Jesus. I've read the word. I'm not. Look, guys, I'm not an intellectual. I am a trained theologian. But I've rejected almost everything they taught me. I'm a pastor. I'm a holiness preacher. I like that name. Holiness preacher. But it makes people awful angry. And people turn this broadcast off. And a few people will listen every day. I'm not here to get a crowd. Can I be straight? I'm not here to get a crowd. I'm here to lift up Jesus Christ and to call you to leave the lies you've been taught and search with all of your heart after this man, Jesus. This man, Jesus, is worthy of every adoration, every praise, I woke this morning. The first thing that flowed from my heart. Praise and honor and glory unto Jesus the Christ, the Almighty Lord. He's the truth. Truth does not change its clothes with Jesus. Some of you, depending on the crowd you're with, will change your clothes You'll go along with whatever's being said or done. You won't stand up boldly and say, Jesus is against that. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to do that. No. You want to be loved and accepted. You want to make money. You, you want the world, the flesh, and the devil. Oh, no, pastor, I don't want the world, the flesh, and the devil. I just want my way. I know. I know how hard it is to walk away from power and position. I've made so many mistakes because I've had some, is it hiatus, where my heart is hungry and I think this will be good. And so I grab it. And some of you who were with me in the search for truth. He said, what are you doing, pastor? What are you doing? And sometimes I haven't listened, and that's been my greatest mistake. A dear friend gave me a mug. It said, be still and know that God is holy. 
That's the single best piece of advice anyone gave me. I blew them off. I was going to do what I wanted to do. And consequently, after two years of beatings, I said, okay, I'm ready to be still. And I've been still since then. And now, after falling and breaking my hip, oh, I'm very still now. I'm waiting on God. What is it you want? I mean, he's saying here, we're not able to stop speaking about what we saw and heard. Have you seen anything? Have you heard anything that is so compelling to your heart that you can't stop talking about it at the family gatherings? You can't stop talking about it. Well, believe me, if, if I go to a family gathering and I just witnessed a cripple for 40 years from birth being healed, I'm going to talk about it. And then I'm going to talk about the name under which the miracle occurred. And you won't be able to get me to hush up. I saw this man crippled from birth. And Peter reached his hand out and took his hand. And in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, he was healed. Oh, we got something to talk about now. What do you have to talk about in your church? The next concert coming up. Some joke that the pastor told. What do you have to talk about? Oh, we, we, we need new carpet in our church. Well, how much is it going to cost? Oh, we need... We need pews with, with cushions on it, and then people will come to our church. <clears throat> really? Or do you talk about the man who was sitting at the church, begging, who suddenly began to sing and dance and shout because he'd been healed? And then you talk about this man, Jesus, with all power. Verse 21, after having threatened them further, they released them, finding no way that they might punish because of the people. For they were all gathering glorifying God on account of things having been happening. Now the man was over 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing had been wrought. My brother, my sister, what do you have to talk about? I say to people on Sunday regularly, 
Anybody have anything to share that God has done for you or among you? Most people, no. No, just a normal week. What do you mean a normal week? How is it possible to have a normal week unless you are weighed down and covered by lies? Because the power of God has not been released to move in your life. And the power of God, the refreshing of Jesus from heaven is not happening in your life because you believe all the lies. The gravest issue of our day is to separate out the lies from the truth, the man Jesus Christ. The devil loves lies. He's the father of lies. I could describe in detail how I was drawn in to New Age beliefs and then how Jesus had to come and deal sternly with me. I mean sternly with me in the physical realm even to begin to open my eyes to the lies of the devil in the New Age movement. During that separating, the devil came physically and tried to kill me. You understand, this is a very serious fight between lies and the truth of Jesus Christ. Do you believe the government? Do you believe the financial reports of the government? Do you believe the government tells the truth? Do you believe that a that a used car salesman tells you the truth? Do you believe that generally people tell you the truth? Or do they tell you their truth that will further their goals? No, we're not a people of the truth anymore. We're a, we're a people of the lie. The lies rule the day. If it's an advantage, lie. If it's more comfortable, lie. We're a people of the lie. This is going to have to change. Righteousness is going to have to rise up in our hearts and in our land. We're going to have to become people of absolute integrity, determining we will not participate in any lies for any reason. Because Jesus is the truth. And if you participate in a lie, Jesus leaves you. My brother, my sister, I'm going to talk about a prayer meeting tomorrow. A holy prayer meeting held by the church. It's found in chapter 4, and it will shock you. I know you've never participated in a, in a prayer meeting like this one. 
some of you, I've said some things today that made you probably pretty mad. I'm not here to please you. Get over it. Get to Jesus. Ask him who he is. Ask him to show you in the scriptures who he is. He's the truth. He's the way. He's the life. You can only get to heaven through Jesus Christ. You can't get to Jesus in any other way. I praise the name of Jesus. I worship the mighty name of Jesus. He is everything to me. And he must be everything to you. So bless you. Bless you for listening today. We're into a new month. A new radio bill. I need your help. If you believe in the gospel as I do. And this message day by day is helpful to you. Would you help me? National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Or you could go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. Oh, and just a quick report. Guess how many people came to the National Prayer Chapel because I invited you all on last week? Zero. You want to break the lies? Come where truth is being taught. I love you. I'll talk to you soon. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.